You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Heart Matters, where leading cardiology experts explore the latest trends, technologies, and clinical developments in cardiology practice. Your host for Heart Matters is Dr. Janet Wright, Senior Vice President for Science and Quality for the American College of Cardiology. Many pediatric heart conditions are treated with drugs, devices, and data called from our experience in the adult population. However, we know that children are not just small adults. How do we understand and then quickly share what works best for children's hearts? Our guest today is Dr. Gerard Martin, Senior Vice President for the Center for Heart, Lung, and Kidney Disease, Co-Director of the Children's National Heart Institute, and the C. Richard Beta Professor of Cardiology, all at Children's Medical Center in Washington, D.C. Welcome, Dr. Martin. Thank you. I understand we're going to talk about the challenges of the evidence base in uh, pediatric cardiology and maybe some ways to fill the gaps in that evidence base. That's right. You know, Janet, it's been, over my career, just a fascinating evolution of what we can do for children born with congenital heart disease. It's the number one birth defect in children. Over my career, just tremendous evolution of how we care for children, children that we didn't provide treatments to when I was first in training to now we routinely provide treatments that are almost 85% curative for some conditions and just uh, amazing developments over the years. It is striking to see the treatments that were available even 25 years ago and what we're capable of now. Maybe you could describe to us what the largest challenges are in the pediatric cardiology world for the accumulation of an evidence base. Sure. I think that probably the number one barrier has been the complexity of the disease, the number of conditions that we care for. Even the language of congenital heart disease is occasionally confusing for individuals that do not practice in this field daily. You know, if we could break congenital heart disease down into the conditions that send extra blood to the lungs, the shunting conditions like ventricular septal defect and atrial septal defect and patent ductus arteriosus, and then there are a group of conditions that are obstructive conditions, the valvar stenosis, either aortic stenosis or pulmonic stenosis, and then we have conditions that are obstructive outside the heart, coarctation. But then we have a whole group of about 25% of our patients, which are a combination of holes and blockages or misconnections. And this extreme complexity has created barriers to us actually being able to develop the language for tracking outcomes or the means to uh, track the outcomes. We hide behind the, it's too complicated to do this. I certainly get your point. You make a a compelling point that unless there is some universal taxonomy, some way to categorize cases, then it's difficult to track them over time and to compare one group's outcome to another. Yes. We've made some progress. I don't want to leave the audience thinking that we are completely lacking in our data. The surgeons have been fantastic 
particularly the Society of Thoracic Surgeons, has developed a registry within the United States tracking their procedures. And this has really matured greatly under the leadership of this organization. And they now have about, I think it's about two-thirds of the hospitals in the United States participating in their registry. And they have worked with surgeons internationally and with cardiologists and pathologists to correct that point that you brought up is that the nomenclature, how we name things, they now have an international nomenclature. And so that we can, whether I'm in Washington, D.C., calling something a ventricular septal defect perimembranous, the doctor in Europe can call it ventricular septal defect paramembranous or subarterial, and we can map that to the same code across these two continents. And that's a tremendous head start for us. And allows you to expand uh, kind of your universe of learning, right? If you're right. describing things in the same way, and then you're able to each report on that patient's progress or groups of patients' progress. That's right. You know, I think the other big development, Janet, has been in the area of the surgeons clearly have been correcting things for years, but uh, we now have this whole new field of interventional cardiac catheterization. What was once our main diagnostic test for congenital heart disease has become, in many circumstances, one of our main therapeutic tests. And so what we've been trying to do is to take what the surgeons have done in organizing themselves to track outcomes to take that and develop it for the interventional cardiologist who are performing corrective procedures. Now, Gerard, I have a feeling we're about to speak about something near and dear to your heart, the IMPACT registry. That's right. IMPACT uh, which stands for Improving Pediatric and Adult Congenital Treatments, is a registry that is being developed by the American College of Cardiology in their National Cardiovascular Data Registry Group, the NCDR group, to basically improve the care of children with congenital heart disease, and and that is to track the outcomes of all the procedures in children who are having cardiac catheterization, and for some of the adults with congenital heart disease who are undergoing these same procedures. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Janet Wright. Our guest today is Dr. Gerard Martin, Senior Vice President for the Center of Heart, Lung, and Kidney Disease and Co-Director of the Children's National Heart Institute at Children's National Medical Center in Washington, D.C., We're talking about the IMPACT registry and the benefits of the registry in providing clinical evidence to guide treatment for pediatric heart conditions. Gerard, you were describing the IMPACT registry, and and I would mention that you chair the steering committee for that registry. As you all approach your work, what what are sort of the first steps? Well, this is a project that started back in 2006 at uh, one of the scientific sessions of the American College of Cardiology where cardiologists basically came forward to the college leadership and said, we'd like to know what we're doing. We'd like to be able to track our outcomes. So we uh, worked with the college leadership and put together the steering committee in 2008 and uh, a working group. And we basically first had to define the scope of the project. 
who are we going to include in this? And the group that we wanted to look at were all children undergoing either diagnostic cardiac catheterization or interventional cardiac catheterization for their congenital heart disease. We also saw on the horizon this tremendous growth in adults with congenital heart disease that were undergoing similar type treatments in many centers across the country. And so we felt that it would be important to make our registry inclusive of those adults because no matter what we do to our children, those children then become adults with congenital heart disease. And so we knew that this would enrich the registry by having this ability to track longitudinally. And the fact that there are an increasing number of adults with congenital heart disease is a testament to the success of treatments in the pediatric population. That's correct. So the survivals from 50 years ago were probably, you know, 20 to 30 percent for some complex lesions. And now in this era, the survival for the most complex lesions is uh, approaching 85 to 90 percent. So just by the fact of turning 18, there's probably about a a 6% growth rate in that population yearly. So there's going to be a lot of adults coming down the road with congenital heart disease. Gerard, what will you be tracking in this registry? How will it work? We tried to learn from past registries and some existing registries that have been in place for tracking some of the new devices that have come on the market recently. So we are, again, with a purpose of improving quality outcomes and improving the lives of children with heart disease, we are looking at who's getting the procedure. So what are the risk factors and the, or the demographics of the individual coming into the procedure? We're looking at some of the hemodynamic measures that will, in addition to the risk factors, hopefully give us some way of risk stratifying in the future procedures. Mm -hmm. And then we've broken our procedures down into six main procedures, and that's uh, diagnostic cases, atrial septal defects, coarctation of the aorta, patent ductus arteriosus, pulmonary artery stenting, valvar pulmonic stenosis and aortic stenosis. And in those specific conditions, we have a set of specific measures for those procedures and some outcome measures for those procedures that will hopefully be the basis of quality improvement measures in the future so that we're looking at uh, utilization as well as the actual outcome of the procedure. So, Gerard, as this launches, as the impact registry launches, you're starting with a small number of sites to begin? That's correct. So, we will be having uh, pilot sites that are representative of some of the members of our steering committee and our work groups that have been working over the last year or so to put together the data elements and the scope of the project. So, 14 pilot sites have been invited to begin the registry. I do know we started collecting cases last week at our hospital, which has been the first hospital to go live on the pilot. And I believe a second hospital is going live this week. And it's a pretty exciting time to get these hospitals up and and running. And how long will you be in the pilot phase? 
The pilot is expected to last about six months. The purpose of the pilot is to test the data form. We want to make sure that we have chosen the right data elements, that the form is something that's easy for sites to use, that it's not too time-consuming for you know busy labs to fill these out, and then to make sure that some of the outcome measures that we chose have been on the mark for being kind of the reasonable first measures. When this is up and running, not in the pilot situation, but the program itself is launched, what's the universe of hospital labs in the country that might participate? How many sites? Sure. Our first universe is just North America. So we're starting where traditionally the NCDR and the American College of Cardiology have had their influences just within North America. There are about 110 to 120 dedicated children's programs in the United States where there's both a catheterization lab and a congenital heart surgery program. So that would be our first target for trying to get penetrance. After that, we believe that there's somewhere between two and 300 adult hospitals in the United States that are performing catheterizations and treatments on adults with congenital heart disease. And that would be our next area of trying to reach out to involve those hospitals. And then Lastly, we're starting to see, and this will be something new for the American College of Cardiology, we're we're seeing a tremendous amount of interest internationally. I've recently spoke on this in China. I've spoken on impact in Italy and in Kuwait. Universally, I'm asked by these international sites, will we be able to participate? That's what we're starting to explore this with the college. How can we take this registry in the United States to an international market and have something that's valuable for doctors around the world? And so it's a pretty exciting opportunity for the college, I believe. We've been talking with Dr. Gerard Martin about extending the depth and breadth of clinical evidence to guide treatment for pediatric heart conditions and also the impact registry and the role that it will play. Dr. Martin, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you, Janet. It's a pleasure and, as always, so excited to work with the college. And I hopefully, within a year, you'll have me back and we'll be able to tell you some early results from the registry. You've been listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For more information on this week's show or to download a podcast to this segment, please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.